New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, everybody. Dixie here. I'm the Women's Ministry Director at New Vision, and I just want to welcome you to another day of our New Vision podcast. I tell you all, I'm just really loving reading about the faithfulness of God through Joseph's life as we're reading through Genesis, and I'm just so excited that you're joining us today. So today I'm going to continue our reading in chapter 44 of Genesis, beginning in verse 18, and today I am reading uh, from the NIV version of the Bible. Then Judah went up to him and said, Please, my lord, let your servant speak a word to my lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. My lord asked his servant, Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, We have an aged father, and there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead, and he is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servant, Bring him down to me, so I can see him for myself. And we said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. When he went back to your servant, my when we went back to your servant, my father, we told him what my Lord had said. Then our father said, Go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother is with us will we go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me, and I said, He has surely been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too, and harm comes to him, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. So now, if the boy is not with us, and we go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't here, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come from my father. Well, you know, we see here, um, once again, we're in the midst of another one of Joseph's test of his brothers. But we learn a little bit more and hear some more from uh, his brother Judah, who uh, is Jacob's fourth son and with his wife Leah. And we know that Joseph and Benjamin uh, were born um, to Joseph by his wife, Rachel. But uh, Leah... His mother Leah named him Judah after he was born, uh, saying uh, in Genesis 29:35 that this time I will praise the Lord. So the name Judah really does mean being praised or celebrated. Um, the name Judah is most familiar to me, and I'm sure a lot of you all, as Jacob's son, 
um, also as the tribe of Judah and describing the kingdom of Judah, which is the southern part of Canaan that was compromised uh, mostly of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Um, however, um, Judah also in the Bible is not just the name of Jacob's son, but he's also the name of four other Israelites that we find uh, in the scriptures. Uh, Jacob was the name of a Levite in Ezra's time, an overseer of Jerusalem in the time of Nehemiah, as well as a Levite musician and a priest in the time of Nehemiah. So, why am I trying to confuse you with all these names of Judah and the ways in which Judah is um, used in the Bible? Because it is confusing. It's confusing to me. And it's really just little tidbits of information, but just to demonstrate also the importance of reading and understanding uh, Scripture in context. With the word Judah, uh, you could get really easily confused as to is it a person or a place. And if you're not really sure on that, then you're going to be reading the scripture um, out of context. So just one little tidbit there, why it's important to always read what's before and after what you're reading and really get the whole context of it. But anyway, um, here we are in verse 18, and uh, Judah has basically, after this test with um, that Joseph did for his brothers and put the silver cup in Joseph's bag and then sent uh, one of his people out to catch them and bring them back. And they, you know, know they've really messed up this time. So Judah, who is the fourth and not the oldest brother, but the fourth oldest, um, comes forward and basically admits their guilt. He doesn't really say what they're guilty for, but he admits their guilt. So here we find him in Judah uh, in verse 19, trying to speak to Joseph privately. He's wanting to have a private conversation with him. And the way I view this is that he's just like really trying to build up this whole scenario and trying to kind of uh, give some preemptive strikes kind of so that he can get the outcome that he would like, which we'll learn more about too, which was basically being that substitute for Benjamin. Um, but there's so much else here. But anyway, so he's talking to him. But, you know, we begin to see Joseph, uh, Judah as merging as a leader, um, which we know he is as he is in um, the lineage of, Je of Jesus and of David. But um, most importantly, he was beginning to demonstrate a change of heart. He has transitioned during this time in Genesis of selling his younger brother Joseph into slavery to offering himself as a substitute uh, for his youngest brother, Benjamin. So a couple of things to note, Judah at this point, uh, the things that he has been through in his life, he's watched his father, Jacob, for twenty, nearly 20 years suffer and mourn the loss of his son, Joseph. And um, in knowing too that any harm that would come to the youngest son, Benjamin, would, uh, as we read today, would cause Jacob being old and gray that he would die in misery. He would go to the grave in misery. And we also learn in the scripture today that he really did. He was very close with Benjamin and had a great love for Benjamin. But as we see Judah thinking through these things and seeing the actions that he's taking, it's demonstrating that his heart is softening, that his heart is beginning to uh, transform. So with all these tests and yet one more test of his brothers, what is Joseph doing? He is testing his brothers, but what he's testing is their moral progression. He himself 
is trying to be assured that his brothers have changed, that they are different than they were when they sold him into slavery. He's trying to draw out the motives of their hearts. But even underlying all of that is the coolest thing ever. And that's what God is doing. And God is working through the famine, through Joseph and the test of his brothers, to transform all of their hearts. God is bringing his redemptive mercy. And all of this prefigures the redemption that we have through Jesus's substitutionary death and resurrection and the change of heart that Christ works through the Spirit. So it's just really great to once again see how God works through our lives. But when I consider everything that we've read so far and, and what I've learned about um, God's redemptive work, there's two or three things I want to share with you. Sometimes we have to live in a famine or as we're currently living in a pandemic, in a time of unknown, in a time when things are stripped from us, when we don't know where our next meal is coming from, when we're not really sure what tomorrow is going to bring. That's when we turn our hearts to a deeper focus on God. That's when we open ourselves up to um, listen to what he is saying to us and really see him and see ourselves. And as we live in that dependence on the Lord, we can more readily see our own sin, our own shortcomings, shortcomings and our disobedience. And it just draws us into that closer relationship with the Lord, trusting him every step of the way in our life. And you know, what I've learned in my life and even through this pandemic um, sometimes the redemptive work of the Lord, when he's really trying to grow us and to direct us to be more conformed to his image, it comes very gently, but sometimes it does not. But all in all, it's for God's glory. So um, I want to close today. I just recently, when the pandemic started, I did an online Zoom group and we studied actually through Genesis, a study that Kelly Mentor has uh, written on the faithfulness of God. And I want to uh, read to you a quote from her study on this passage as I close today. And she says, slicing into this part of Joseph's story is like cutting into a layered cake. Not only was God working on a global level in carrying out his covenant with Abraham and his descendants, but God was also bringing about repentance in the hearts of Joseph's brothers and healing Joseph's wounds to bring together a fractured family. God is even using this story to work in our hearts all these years later. Only God can accomplish so many purposes with one story. So folks, I really hope you're uh, enjoying this and I hope that that speaks to your heart and you can see that everything that we do today is part of God's story. He's working in our lives now, and the stories that we have now will be working in the lives of people uh, in years to come. So y'all have a great day, and I really hope that you'll join us again uh, tomorrow as we continue reading through uh, Genesis. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.